If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. So I have a compost pile in the back, back corner of my yard. And sometimes I forget to take out the little compost bin that we keep on the kitchen shelf, and it gets too full, and then you've got to take it out. It becomes an emergency. And one night, I went out with my overflowing compost bin and a flashlight because it was late. And as I got close to the compost pile, I suddenly saw the reflection of these two little eyes on top of the pile. Because there, sitting on top of it, hissing at me aggressively, was this sharp-toothed, fat-tailed, bristly-haired, like, giant rat creature. And in that moment, I thought, this has got to be the most hideous and sort of simultaneously adorable creature I have ever seen in my life. And then it scampered away. That creature was a possum. And to be honest, finding it lurking on a pile of old rotting food scraps made a lot of sense. It felt like a natural place for a possum to be. But there's this old photo archived in the Library of Congress that tells a very different story about this animal. It's from 1909. It's in black and white. And it is taken in a banquet hall. And inside this banquet hall are rows and rows of these important-looking dudes with slick back hair. They're in their tuxedos and bow ties. And they're all sitting at these long dinner tables. They're here for a very, very fancy meal. A fancy meal featuring not roast beef or prime rib, but possum. Possum and taters, to be exact. Ain't nothing in the world I like better than persimmons on eggs and possum and taters. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura. Today, we're taking a trip to Wausau, Florida, where one town is trying to redeem the lowly possum. That's after this. Wausau, Florida is a town in the Florida Panhandle. Only about 400 people live there. And there is no school, but they are working on building shuffleboard courts. So you get the idea. It's a pretty typical retirement community. Except for one thing. If you make your way to the center of town, you'll see a monument in the shape of a tombstone. It's across from a gas station, and it stands maybe eight or nine feet tall. If you look closely... There's an engraving on this slab of rock. It's a mama possum with a couple of babies clinging to her back. It's honestly, it's kind of cute. And the monument was erected to honor the possum. There's even a dedication, which describes the possum as, quote, a magnificent survivor of the marsupial family predating the ages of the mastodon. 
and the dinosaur. The dedication also notes that their presence here has provided a source of nutritious and flavorful food. Mmm, possum. Rumor has it that the town of Wausau has more possums than people. That's probably true, except for maybe one weekend in August. Because that's when thousands of people come into the town for a festival. It's like a state fair. There's a parade, there are bounce houses, potato sack races, corn dogs, the, the whole nine. But this festival, well, it's the Possum Festival. We owe a lot to the possum. We're proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of the possum. This is Dalton Carter in a video from 2013. Dalton's a sort of advocate for the possum. He's the person who got the possum monument put up and started the Possum Festival back in 1970. I got to thinking about this. Now, over there at Blanchetown, they got Goat Day. And over here in Calvary, Georgia, they got Mule Day. And up here in Enterprise, Alabama, they used to have Bow Weevil Day. But you know what I done, Paul? I said, I'm going to give the old possum a day. This year will be the 56th annual Possum Festival. In addition to the usual food and games, the festival also has an auction where you can bid on an actual possum. The auction is actually just a fundraiser for the town of Wausau. They release the possums back into the woods after the bidding, which seems good. And then... There is perhaps the most exciting moment of the festival, the crowning of the possum king and queen. The guy you heard playing the possum and tater song at the beginning of this episode, he was the 2020 possum king. Despite all of the silliness and fun on display at the Wausau Possum Festival, the truth is that this animal has played an important role in the town's history. If it hadn't been for the possum, there have been some people in, in the Warsaw area, probably in the southeast, that might, uh, you know, malnutrition. The possum's got a lot of uh, protein, it's good, and it's good meat. Wausau's seen some tough times over the years. During the Great Depression, possums were often the only meat available. And the lowly possum looms large in American folklore generally, not just in Wausau. To people who don't like opossums, I just say, well, they're not hurting you. You know, they're just, they're just going about their business. This is Steve Winnick. He's a writer and folklorist at the American Folklife Center of the Library of Congress. And he's written a whole series of articles for the Library of Congress on the role of the possum in American culture. I have a habit of walking around my neighborhood at night. I live in Tacoma Park, which is in suburban Maryland. And I see opossums in our neighborhood quite a bit. And I like them because, you know, they're good for the environment, for the human environment. I think when most people think about possums, they probably think, unfortunately, about roadkill. And they're not, you know, <laughs> they're not the most uh, beautiful, picture-perfect animals. They've got small little beady eyes, uh, you know, sharp snout, little teeth, naked tail. They really genuinely look like gigantic rats. But Steve makes a pretty compelling case why possums deserve a little more love and a little more credit. For starters, they eat just a ton of ticks, which goes a really long way in preventing tick-borne illness like Lyme disease. They also have a naturally low body temperature, which makes them basically immune to rabies. And they're just kind of evolutionarily awesome. 
I mean, they're the only marsupial that we have in the United States. And so they're a cool sort of evolutionary throwback to very, very ancient times when we were, you know, connected to Australia, when, when we were Pangaea. And let's get one thing straight. The classic possum versus opossum. This is a terrible naming system. They're two different animals. Possums live in Australia. Opossums live here in the U.S. So opossum is technically the correct term, and it's what you hear Steve say. But most people here just say possum, so I'm going to stick with that. So Steve was working at the Library of Congress, and he kept coming across all these stories about possums and food and presidents. Let's start with the food. I have not actually eaten an opossum. It's supposed to be a good substitute for pork. So the traditional method was to roast the possum in a pan with sweet potatoes. So in this case, uh, taters refers to yams or sweet potatoes. And the potatoes were cut into large chunks and placed around the possum so that the fat that came out of the possum would be kind of absorbed and cooked along with the sweet potatoes. And it's supposed to be the best way to eat an opossum. Possum and taters. I would eat possum and taters. I would try it. More than just maybe being delicious, possums are also full of protein, and they're readily accessible. They fed Native Americans and early settlers. People could just walk outside and hunt them. In fact, many enslaved people used to eat possums on plantations, where they were sometimes allowed to do their own hunting, and possums were the local available prey. So possums became a major food source within the black community during slavery. Like many kinds of Southern and soul food, eating possum became associated with black culture and community. But really, if you go back, everybody ate it. If you go into like a used bookstore and you find the joy of cooking, if you get a copy of it from any time before the 1990s, there's directions for cooking a possum in there. It's just one of the things that is held over from early versions of the book that never went away for a long time. Look, if it's good enough for Julia Child, it's good enough for me. And recipes for a possum, including the one in The Joy of Cooking, they advise keeping a possum alive for 10 days before eating it. You have to keep it like a pet and feed it milk and cereals to flush out its system because possums are scavengers. They will eat almost anything, and they do eat a lot of disgusting stuff. But this method didn't deter even the most esteemed diners. Remember that photo I was talking about in the beginning? All those guys in tuxedos sitting down for a possum dinner? That was a dinner for President-elect William Howard Taft. This dinner was hosted by the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, and according to an old newspaper article, When someone asked whether the president-elect had any suggestions for the menu, this is what he said. Just one, smilingly replied the big Ohioan. I have had a lifetime longing to taste possum and taters. My visit to the South would be incomplete unless this wish is realized. And so that's exactly what he got. When he arrived in Atlanta, he walked into this banquet hall and found a feast of possum and taters. The local papers absolutely gushed over the dinner. When the time for the serving of the course of possum and taters and the simmon beer was reached down the center aisle and headed directly for Judge Taft, there came a waiter who fairly staggered under the weight of the choicest possum, dressed whole and properly garnished with rich golden Georgia yams, and followed by another waiter with a flagon of persimmon beer. 
By the way, Taft wasn't the only president who has a documented history with possums. Thomas Jefferson reportedly played with them as a child. Herbert Hoover adopted one, and it took up residence in a pen that previously housed President Coolidge's raccoon named Rebecca. Uh, man, presidents of past, way more wild pet choices. Anyway, these are stories for another day. As for Taft and his dinner in Atlanta, the great possum feast, it turns out to have been a very pointedly political choice. So what was going on there was that, like many presidents, Taft had to try to appeal to people from a broad segment of America and a broad segment of voters. And one of the things that entailed was the idea of appealing to Southern voters. It's sort of like, you know, when the president goes to Philadelphia, they eat a cheesesteak, right? So Taft thought that when he would go to the South, he should eat a possum because that was a Southern delicacy. What Taft was doing with his possum dinner was essentially the equivalent of a presidential candidate going to the Minnesota State Fair and eating a corn dog and other foods on a stick. But interestingly, this was not the end of Taft's love affair with the possum. Another really funny thing that happened because of this possum feast of, of Taft's was the creation of the Billy Possum toy. To understand the strangeness of the Billy Possum toy, we've got to go back to the teddy bear. The teddy bear was invented to honor Theodore, a.k.a. Teddy, Roosevelt. And when Roosevelt left office, the toy makers were nervous that the teddy bear would stop selling. <laughs> so they needed to come up with a new product associated with a new president, William, a.k.a. Billy Taft. You see where this is going, right? So the Georgia Billy Possum Company formed, and they made thousands of stuffed opossums in time for this possum feast. Billy Possum was honestly really cute. He's a little plush white possum with a pink nose and a long tail. And you can still find a few of them in museums here and there. And the company's slogan was, goodbye, teddy bear. Hello, Billy Possum. But uh, sadly, it was a big flop. So uh, some of these toys still do survive, but it never became a fad. Alas, poor Billy Possum was left sitting on the shelf. There's no single moment when the possum went from being a beloved meal to a cheap joke about roadkill. But Steve says things began to change in the 20th century. Part of it was that people just weren't hunting as much. And when they did go hunting, it was often with guns instead of dogs. And you can't keep a possum alive for a week feeding it milk and cereal if you've already shot it. But back in Wausau, the possum still holds a place of honor. Because the humble possum lives on, in our yards, in our history, and even maybe in our hearts. God bless you, you strange, sort of adorable, but mostly the hideous creature. The Wausau Possum Festival is the first Saturday of August. It is not clear yet whether the festival will be virtual or in person this year. Stay tuned. The song you heard at the end was Carve That Possum by Sam Lucas, performed by Peerless Quartet with Harry C. Brown. This episode was produced by Johanna Mayer. 
Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Camille Stanley. Willis Ryder-Arnold. Sarah Wyman. Manolo Morales. Sarah Kaplan. Gianna Palmer. Tracy Samuelson. John Delore. Peter Clowney. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed and mixed by... Chris Naka. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall, and I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time.